Wayne Nelson back with you on Talk to the Experts. With me on the phone today from London, England, is Sherry McMillan of McMillan Estate Planning. The McMillan team is once again going to be hosting virtual seminars. They're coming up Wednesday, July 15th and Wednesday, July 29th at 6.30 p.m. both days to talk with you about estate or life planning. The team members are going to be sharing their expertise on how to best protect your estate by protecting your assets, minimizing tax and maximizing wealth. You'll still need to register for the virtual seminars. To do that, contact McMillan Estate Planning at one 833 266-6464 during weekday office hours, or you can register online at the website at macmillanestate.com. Sherry, just before the break, we were talking about trusts and estate freezes as some good strategies to uh, prepare for, for possible tax increases. Let's go a little bit further into that if we can. So trust planning, let's start there. Well, essentially, a trust is simply a legal relationship that maintains ownership of a particular asset, and then what happens is the beneficiaries, whoever you select, have use of it. And often when you set up a trust, you are also one of the beneficiaries. So let's say you used this for a family cottage. Um, you would control the cottage and its use, and you could benefit from it as if you owned it personally. And then, of course, all your family members could as well. But the unique thing about it, Wayne, is if you experience a divorce or any of your family members do, or any kind of credit risk, any lawsuits, for example, that cottage is now protected because the trust has the ownership of it instead of the people. And it's people that get into hot water, not the trust itself. And so it's a very protective tool to make sure that that asset is always kept within the bloodline and kept within the family unit. And so even if people go through a divorce or have a lawsuit situation or even prematurely pass on, that asset remains in that family unit. And so it's a fantastic tool uh, in modern society because we do face all of these kinds of risks um, just as a normal course of action in normal life. Now, I like the way that you've explained it in the past, Sherry, uh, in reference to the Queen and the royal family. Buckingham Palace stays in perpetuity, even though the uh, the characters living within it change. That's right. And so it's how the wealthy have always you know, protected their estates and had them remain in one generation after the next. So we call it generational planning because it literally is. If uh, parties in your family unit stay married to your children forever, then they do benefit. But if they don't, that's the point then it remains in the biological or bloodline. And that is what most of us want and desire. And that's normal, Wayne. You know, sometimes parents come in and they say, is it okay I want my inheritance to stay with my son and not my daughter-in-law? And absolutely, that's absolutely normal. And I say all of us feel that way. If that daughter-in-law stays in the family unit and your son is happily married forever, you won't mind. But it's if it goes wrong that we want the asset base to stay. And so we really view this as a generational bloodline protection tool that um, now we use for normal situations, and we don't have to be the royal family. We have affluence now in Canada. We know there's many of us that are millionaires, and we need these types of tools to make sure the estate we've created remains where we need it to remain. Are there different kinds of trusts, Sherry? 
There are. Now, you know, you'll hear all kinds of um, technical language around it, Wayne, in my experience. So you'll hear of things like a family trust. Um, you'll hear of a testamentary trust. You'll hear all these different names. But to make it simple for all of us to understand, in law, there's actually only two types of trusts. There's actually not more than that. And what happens is they get labeled based on what they intend to do. So, for example, there is a trust that you create and enact while you're alive. And what happens is you can put any of your estate in there you choose. So you could put your cottage in as an example, or you could put your family business in there. And what normally happens is this is called a living trust or inter vivos trust in Latin. And basically, it just means a trust you create while you're alive. And so sometimes people call that a family trust. Sometimes people call it a business trust. You can also just name it like you would name a corporation. And so you can select the title of your trust. And um, some people choose to keep it private, and some people choose to keep it uh, in their family name. And so you get to you know, basically name your trust however you choose. And so that is the type of trust we will often use uh, for tax planning, for specifically for our business owners or for those that own real estate and are trying to mitigate the uh, taxation in their estate at a later time on cottages and farms and so forth. Now, getting back to the example of Buckingham Palace, once these assets, say you put your cottage in, say you put your business in, once they go into the trust, really they're technically not your property anymore, are they? That's right. So now uh, the trustees, which are the appointees you select, which can be you, by the way, um, will govern the asset base. Now, that's how you end up protecting them because people die and have problems in their estate, but trusts don't die because there's this separate entity. And so if your trust owns your estate then you don't necessarily have to go through probate and the court systems. If your trust owns the estate, it doesn't usually do anything naughty, like um, get in a car accident where you might get sued or be on a board of directors where you might have some liability. And also trusts never divorce. And so this is how that legal mechanism allows us to protect and safeguard our family's assets is by utilizing this particular tool. Now, am I right in assuming then that because, say, your assets are within the trust and, and that, that you do die, that you would avoid probate taxes that, that you were talking about that, uh, that may be coming down the pike? That's exactly the case, Wayne. And so a lot of our families being proactive um, consider a trust as an alternative to a will process because a will process... Uh, forces you to probate your estate through the court systems and um, any kind of associated fees with probate, you know, are obviously embodied. And so that is a, an opportunity, the living trust, as a way to not have to probate your estate. And traditionally, in my experience, when families do use trusts instead of a will process, um, we see their wealth transfer within less than 30 days, literally to their loved ones and, and people that they've selected as their beneficiaries. Whereas a traditional will process, if anybody's gone through that experience, can go from, you know, six months to two years. It really just depends on the complexity of the estate. And the courts are getting more and more backlogged because, of course, we're aging, and so more of us are going to be passing. 
and the courts will continue to get more and more backlogged. So the challenge with that is it ties up the estate, and so you don't have access to those assets when you might need them. And that's especially true if you have a family business or a farm or cottage. Um, you don't, you know, you don't want things frozen for any window of time, really. Absolutely not. Now, at the at the outset of this segment, uh, Sherry, you talked about two kinds of trusts. This was the the, the living trust, as you uh, as you put it. I'm assuming the other one has to do once you die. That's right. So the second type of trust we have in Canada is called a testamentary trust. It enacts or springs into action, becomes alive the moment we pass on. So we still author it today, but we don't enact it today. What enacts it is actually our passing. And then the trust is what absorbs our estate on behalf of whomever our beneficiaries are going to be. And so we often use these types of trusts uh, for children that are professionals or children that are experiencing matrimonial risk in their life. And the reason is, is if a child can inherit through a trust, it will make sure that that uh, inheritance is safeguarded from any kind of dower problems in marriage, but also from any business risk they might have. So, you know, professionals like accountants and lawyers and doctors and engineers, they have what we call a look-through. So if your children are successful in this way, when they build an estate, their professional agency exposes their estate to risk. So if alternatively you don't use a will but you use a trust to transfer your wealth to that professional child, you've basically just built a fence around their inheritance from any business risk they may ever face. And so most of us want to do that because we want our children to choose if they keep their estate or not. We don't want the government or a creditor to you know, try and take claim over our estate that was intended for our child. Sherry, let's pause right there. We'll continue this uh, discussion when we come back. I uh, still have some more questions about trusts. Uh, the Macmillan team is going to be hosting virtual seminars on Wednesday, July 15th and Wednesday, July 29th at 6.30 p.m. If you have any more questions... They'll uh, be talking with you about estate or life planning. To register, contact Macmillan Estate Planning. The number is 1-833-266-6464 during weekday office hours, or you can visit their website for more information at macmillanestate.com. Sherry McMillan, my guest today, will be back in a moment on Talk to the Experts.